Hey, I'm Jensen Button. Hi, I'm Lewis Hamilton. Coming up in this hour, we talk Formula One and preview the Singapore Grand Prix. It's the final race in 2012 of GP2. We talk to the top two drivers in the championship. They're both here on the show, David Valsecchi and Louis Razier. British touring cars happening this weekend. We talk to the championship leader, Matt Neal, and the man that won last time, Dave Newsham. Plus, it's FIA GT1 at Nürburgring, bit of blank pain endurance championship, the World Touring Car Championship, all coming up in this next hour. That means that this weekend, we have a very special race here at the track. The Brick Car 24 Hours is back. Yeah, it's the UK's only sports and saloon 24-hour race with loads of stunning supercars from the world's finest endurance teams battling for supremacy during the long nights here at the late summer in Silverstone at the home of British Motorsport. Loads to see and do, including pre-race festivities, including support races from the F3 Cup, the Mazda MX-5s. And of course, that awe-inspiring moment as the lights go green and the wonderful feeling of the Sunday morning sunrise and the elation and emotion of the chequered flag on Sunday afternoon. It's going to be brilliant. And if you are coming down this weekend, you get direct access to the teams and the drivers and the cars. You get to go on a grid walk as well. And you get to see the fun fair that we have here. A brilliant spectacle. Check out last year's race online on YouTube. Search... Uh, Brick Car 24 Hour. And for more information about what else we have, silverstone.co.uk or brickcar24hour.co.uk. Motorsports Talk, RS 24 7 Radio, from Silverstone Circuit. Open Gangnam Style. This weekend, Formula One returns to our screens, and it's in Singapore. At the night race, of course, well, it's under the lights, it's a light race. And uh, Roman Grosjean, bad boy, is back after his ban, one race ban, for uh, causing all sorts of mayhem in uh, Belgium a few races ago. And uh, Friday practice, well, it was uh, a bit wet earlier in the uh, early afternoon, but uh, because it's so hot um, in Singapore this weekend, it managed to dry up, and Sebastian Vettel was fastest in P1 earlier on Friday. 
Should be a brilliant race, I think. Very tactical. And Fernando Alonso has it all to lose. He leads the championship at the moment on 179 points. Lewis Hamilton is second with 142 points. Things have quietened down about him and his contract. You've not heard anything about that, surprisingly, since he's been winning the races. Kimi Raikkonen up to third on 141 points and one point behind him is two-time champion Sebastian Vettel. Mark Webber in fifth and uh, Jensen Button is sixth on 101 points. And in the uh, constructors' standings, it's Red Bull Racing that's leading 272 points. McLaren Mercedes are second, always second. Ferrari third and Lotus are fourth. This weekend's race is live on the BBC. Congratulations, yeah, to Jake Humphrey, who's uh, having a baby soon. Well, he's not. His wife, Harry, is. And uh, that means that he'll be, well, he announced earlier in the week that he'll be leaving Formula One and the BBC to go and present BT's new channel about a couple of Premier League games every year or so. So, uh, yeah, uh, BBC fans, you'll be losing Jake. Bit of a shame. And on Sunday, you can watch the race 10 past 12, as always, with Jake Humphrey. At Marina Bay, Eddie Jordan might be there. David Coulthard will be there. And Ben Edwards all the way. Sky Sports also. Live coverage, as ever, from 11.30 in the morning. Well, here to talk more about Formula One this weekend in Singapore. It is motorsport radio presenter and podcaster and regular contributor to this show, Paul Hadsley. Thanks for joining us again on Radio Silverstone. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting one this weekend, I think. It uh, sure will be. Close to two hours. Um, again, the race is expected to last and maybe Alonso might find a way of winning again. Well, it, even he's been saying that he doesn't need to. He can just afford to finish behind everyone and maybe he, he knows what he needs to do, Alonso. He doesn't need to push too hard, although, of course, if the car's under him, he certainly will. But he's got the luxury of just relaxing, seeing what everyone else is doing and just bringing the car home safely and not having to you know, worry too much about strategy or tyre life or anything. As long as he finishes in the points, he's doing a good job. So, yeah, I think he should be quietly confident for the rest of the season. This track isn't really one of his specialities or really anyone's, to be honest. It's it's quite new and it's not great a track, not a great driver's track. So, uh, yeah, I think he's quietly confident. And his teammate, uh, Felipe Massa, has uh, uh, this week uh, come out and, and been somewhat more vocal than than usual you get the feeling he's always told to just shut up and drive uh, but he's he's come out this week and said look i don't know if i'm if i'm going to be at ferrari i'd like to know um what the situation is he was here at the track last week for the ferrari weekend he helped set a new world record uh, for the most ferraris on a the track and uh, will he be on track next year shut up and drive that should have been sky's song shouldn't it but um yeah that's uh it was well massa is a problem for ferrari now because it looks like he's rediscovered his form he was he did a great performance before the tires went off in monza if he does really well and they still it seems intense on getting rid of him then it will be a thorn in their side if he keeps performing well but you never know maybe he can earn his seat back 
um, you know, it's, it's coming to a track. Traditionally, he, you know, in 2008, he did perform well at all these tracks and until the, he was doing well in the 2008 race until the, the pit stop issues, which you could argue wasn't his fault. So, yeah, I mean, the better Massa does, obviously, Ferrari we want two cars performing in the champ for the constructors' championship anyway. So, but yeah, the more ma- the better Massa does, also he takes points away from Alonso's rivals. So maybe it depends if they're thinking short term for this year's championship or long term for replacing him with someone potentially better. But maybe it's still all to play for in Ferrari. I thought it was all, and um, the the deal was sealed when they didn't take up the option on his contract. But maybe that's not the end of the story. I think uh, I'm pretty. Strong in my opinion that Sergio Perez has been told to wait another year at Sauber, mm-hmm. um, just like uh, they, they have a habit of doing this to certain drivers. Ferrari they did it yeah. um, to, uh, I believe, Robert Kubica, mm-hmm. and then he had his accident that didn't work mm-hmm. out. I believe it, they've done it again to Perez. You'll see him in Ferrari in 2014 if Kubica doesn't come back. So Kubica's not coming ever back. Before. Just say it now. <laughs> And uh, and I think Massa knows that Ferrari don't just hire any old driver for a year. So mm-hmm. he knows that his best chance is because that they don't really bother sp- hiring people just for a year. Unless it's Michael. I'm sure they'd make an exception if Schumacher wanted to go. But yeah, um, you're right. And, and it's looking from Perez's point of view now. It's not about Salva that worse a team based on this year's performance, especially the last race. <laughs> Who, he he says, I mean, Ferraris. he says he wants to drive for Sauber. Yeah, but that's... he overtook two Ferraris in that race. They've got the expert strategy. If they haven't got car speed, then they've got a winning strategy. And race after race, you know, everyone likes to impose a narrative on Formula One. And, and during the month break, everyone thought um, Lotus would be the next winning team. But it looks like it could well be Sauber. And as soon as you try and impose a narrative of Formula One, it just twists and turns again and it's amazing that Sauber might be the team on the cusp of being the next one to have a victory good for them and 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 you know they are the form team at least of the last race so if you're Perez swapping a Sauber at the moment swapping a Ferrari for a Sauber isn't a guaranteed uh, amazing thing especially if you're allowed to be the team leader and potentially win that race in a Sauber and never allowed to win and always let Alonso through if you are at Ferrari. So, of course, he wouldn't really want to rush into, maybe he doesn't want to rush into the red team contract or not. Well, uh, we will wait and see on that one in uh, what happens over the winter and in 2014. Um, Also, big bombshell happened earlier this week uh, on, what was it, Tuesday. Uh, Jake Humphrey, loyal BBC employee for so many years. Um, we believe he turned down the opportunity to to go to Sky F1, um, if that was an opportunity at all. Um, sticking with the BBC, he's always said, I love the BBC, I'll stay with them forever. Uh, words to that effect. And uh, all of a sudden, he turns around now and says, actually, no, I'm joining BT. Hmm. Interesting move. I say interesting. I'm expecting Lewis Hamilton to confirm his move to Mercedes and and it will be a, a, a big day for moves, uh, questionable Formula One moves. It's a big question. I mean, this takes us out of Formula One circles. We're leaning into broadcasting and into television, but uh, he's... I know it's a, it's, a, it's a topic that people love to yes, discuss. And BBC, F1. He'd rather, it seems that he knows that he doesn't want to wait, wait around for Gary Lineker to retire. Um, obviously, he knows he's the king of Formula One coverage. I mean, and for me, he does a great job in difficult circumstances in that pit lane. I think what we've learned from other broadcasters this year is Jake's made it look so easy. And 
other people have come in and it's and they've done a good job. Let's not question it, but they don't quite make it look as easy as Jake has been doing. So that shows he's a great presenter, and obviously he's his stock is rising in the television world. So it's his choice now. He would rather tie his mask to the um, BT post and see where that takes him. So it may end up tower. being well, <laughs> yeah. I try to avoid saying that, but it may be that they sink like Satanta, which had Des Lynham, don't forget. He probably tried to reinvent his career by going to Satanta, uh, but then that kind of sank without trace and no one seems to remember either of those things now. But Jake is hoping that BT are now a force to be reckoned with and if they are, he will be the face of the Premiership. If they're not, maybe he will come back to the BBC. It, but the details are a bit sketchy at the moment. We're not sure if he's completely in the BBC or if he's... Um, you know, at least he's got a year because it's 2013. The contract starts. It'll be August 2013 when whatever happens happens. So, and uh, Lewis Hamilton has, uh, as you said earlier, he you were expecting him to uh, sign with Mercedes um, <laughs> at points. I don't think it'll happen from a personal no. view. It's it was just a, a PR tactic that uh, his management yeah. like to employ from time to time. Um, he's going to stay with the winning team. Obviously, he'd be he'd be stupid not to. Yeah, um, it was probably just a way of getting money out of McLaren. I think everyone could see it coming, apart from perhaps Eddie Jordan. But yeah, I mean, you know, unless there's going to be a suddenly a BT Vision team in in Team BT in Formula One next year, you never know. It could be a, another one for questionable moves. But yeah, it's, it's it's you can't blame them. There's one they had to use Mercedes because it's about the only one believable opens. Um, seat you know they could believe that michael schumacher was retiring and lewis was moving there so it didn't air of credibility to it but lewis is just probably negotiating he just wants more money off mclaren and maybe he's fine with where he is but his management aren't and there's always a difference so i i don't know i i genuinely don't think that lewis in his heart of hearts being a multimillionaire as i suspect he is living in monaco Mm. now as he does, I don't think he really much cares about an extra couple of million. No, but you know, it's it's a lifestyle thing, isn't it? They are competitive animals and, and maybe that doesn't just apply to the racing. Maybe it's also, I've got more money than you and I've done a better deal with my manager for to get a contract, you know. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not a, like it was 20 years ago where no. there really wasn't that much money in F1. But also, McLaren isn't the team exactly like he pictured it. He in Formula One drivers have egos. I mean, it's just how they got to where they are. And that's what makes them who they are and how special they are. He expects McLaren when he signed for McLaren, especially through to two thousand and eight, etc., to be his team. But suddenly, it's sort of half his team and half Jensen's team, and it's not really the way he planned it. And maybe that's why he's quietly seething, and that's why he's you know. But as I say, he's won two races out of three. So I mean, what more does he want really? So yeah, it's gone well. McLaren relationship is lots of wins, one championship. It could be more if they just sit, settle down and for once actually perform on track instead of just disappear, having the form car and then disappearing for half a championship. But yeah, I mean, it is just maybe the money is more of the management issue. Lewis Hamilton, I think, will go exactly where the uh, the competitive competitive car is. Well, I guess we'll uh, we will just have to see what happens under the lights at the uh, Singapore uh, race this weekend. It's going to be fantastic, I think. No matter whatever happens, will Lewis win? Will Fernando win? Will he extend his lead? Who knows? <laughs> uh, Paul Hadsley, uh, broadcaster and uh, podcaster. Um, thank you very much for joining us again on Radio Silverstone. Thank you. 
Clash 24-7 Radio. And as well as Formula One at Singapore this weekend, it's GP2 and the final round. The last couple of races in 2012 for GP2 and two men fighting it out at the top of the championship. Yes! The drum beats go like this. Two very early races for you this weekend. GP3 has already been decided and now the GP2 championship comes down to 25 points. Two men, two races and one weekend. Currently at the top, it is David Valsecchi, the Italian. He's on the show in just a moment. And he uh, he won the last round in, in Italy after not winning anything for most of the season, after his early domination of the series, you might remember if you've been following this season. Luis Razia, second place after pretty much leading the championship most of the season. Certainly for the last few rounds. Anyway, he slipped down to second. He's 25 points away from being the GP2 champion this weekend. James Collado, the Brit, is up to third. Esteban Gutierrez is currently fourth. Max Chilton, who's been announced as the reserve driver at Marussia in the uh, in Formula 1, is currently in fifth place in the championship. Guido van der Gaard is sixth. Fabio Lima is seventh. Marcus Eriksson, eighth. Johnny Chicotto, who is on this weekend with uh, R. Claire Cottingham, He's ninth in the championship. Felipe Nazier in 10th place. And you can watch the final rounds of the GP2 season this Saturday and Sunday morning. It's all live only on Sky Sports F1. Race number one kicks off at 9am on Saturday morning. You've got to be up early for that one. And on Sunday morning... It's on again at 9am or 5 past 9 in the morning. Be up early for that one. It's going to be tremendous. All seven GP2 champions so far have reached and raced Formula 1. So whoever wins this weekend could have a massive prize waiting for them. Previous champions, you might remember Roman Grosjean, Pastor Maldonado, Nico Hulkenberg, uh, Timo Glock, Lewis Hamilton won it as well in uh, 06. 05, it was Nico Rosberg and Giorgio Pantano, of course, raced in Formula 1 with Jordan. He won in 08. So I'll find out who wins what and what happens this weekend. GP2, the final of 2012, happens this weekend. I am very pleased and proud to say that joining me now on the phone is current GP2 championship leader and possibly... The champion again this weekend, David Valsecchi, joins us on the line. Hi, David. Hi. Hi to everyone. Thanks to call me. Uh, well, yes. Uh, hello. And um, you're in Singapore at the moment. How is it there? Ah, it's really it's really warm. Eh? It's really warm. And uh, nothing. I'm a bit, just a bit stressed because uh, I'm waiting the, the start of the Singapore weekend. That is the last race of the season. So I'm a bit stressed and a bit exciting. I'm looking forward to have a, a really good weekend and to maintain the leadership that at the moment see me leading. And uh, uh, it, will, it will be really important for me to be leading uh, at the end of the year. So I will try to do my best to, to score good points and to have a good results here. 
Well, uh, yeah, um, GP2 champion previously, and um, I've been having a look at every race that uh, you've been in so far this season, and you really did dominate in the early races at uh, at Bahrain early on in the season, and uh, and then, well, nothing uh, for most of the season. You didn't win another race until the last race at your hometown, at your home race at Monza. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Was was uh, really really good eh? because in Monza uh, there were uh, there were there a lot of my friends. Uh, there were uh, there was all my family. So it was a great emotion coming back uh, with the victory there. Because to be honest, at the beginning of the season we we had uh, we had three victories. We were incredible fast in Malaysia, in Bahrain, in Barcelona, and then uh, during the the middle of the season, we had a bit, uh, a bit of drop, and uh, at the end we came back, uh, scoring a lot of points, and scoring a lot of uh, uh, position on podiums. But uh, it was the two two months that I was not able to to win, and uh, it was it was really good that I came back with a victory in Monza, and also gave me this thing gave to me the chance to 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 come back leading the championship, and now I'm. 25 points in front of the second that is not really uh, a safe position but it's for sure better that starting last weekend with uh, with zero points with equal no? so 25, 25 points be in front is is a good way to start the weekend and I will try to do my best yeah, to maintain the position So David, what what changed um, after Bahrain, after those uh, three wins? I mean, did you must have uh, sort of thought about it, and hopefully you're going to try and sort of replicate that winning consistency in Singapore for the final race this weekend. Ah, yes, yes. To be honest, uh, uh, usually this year in Asia we were incredibly strong, so when we went to... to uh, to Malaysia, we got the position and we got the second place. So uh, when we got to Bahrain, when we, we got to Bahrain, we were incredibly fast. And uh, here in Singapore, uh, we try to be uh, fast like we were like we were in the past because uh, it's uh, a difficult, difficult, different type of circuit. It's a straight circuit, uh, really hard brakes. Uh, so no one in GP2. Out of two drivers, my teammate and another one knows the circuit. Only Formula One raced here before, so it would be a great challenge, eh? and uh, for me and for my team. And we will try to be to be competitive because what we need is a uh, is scoring points in the first race. If we score some good points in the first race, we 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 can be champion on Saturday. If we have a trouble in the first race, we risk to lose everything. So. Uh, on Saturday will be determinating for us. So, what does it mean to you to win, potentially win, if you do it this weekend, um, uh, another GP2 championship? What will it do for your career and for you yourself? <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. From my point of view, it will be extremely important because it will give to me the glory of a victory. And uh, usually uh, being a GPQ champion, usually in the past was, was a great starting point for a really good career. Eh? We need to consider that in the last six years, every year the uh, GPQ winner went to Formula One. 
uh, out of the year uh, that Spartan won. In Spartan, the situation was different because Spartan uh, was already Formula One before and in the So when he won the GP2, he didn't have any more uh, good chance for him to come back in Formula One. But anyway, all the others. The next year they went to Formula One, so I really hope uh, winning the DP2 Championship to have the chance to to show my best performing in Formula One if I if I deserve the victory in, uh, here in Singapore. Eh? And uh, also looking the Formula One situation at the moment, we need to admit that uh, some really good drivers coming out from DP2, they are really good at the moment. Eh? Uh, like uh, Paris score podium uh, in, uh, in Monza last weekend, and so Maldonado got to really a victory this year. So it seems that uh, they are really not no? the GP2 champions in the past, so I really hope to maintain the, 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 the standard and the performance, yeah. Yeah, like you say, there does seem to be fewer and fewer Formula 1 drives opening up, maybe uh, less now than ever before, it seems, and um, once you get to the top in GP2 or maybe uh, Renault 3.5, other drivers, like you say, they have to go maybe somewhere else to DTM or over to America because they can't quite get into Formula One if they don't have maybe $30 million to spend. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These things can be a problem. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay. Before, I'm looking forward to have a good weekend here in Singapore and so to get the first step and then... We will try to think uh, the the best solution, but we are right. I think that the situation to get in Formula One is not so easy, but uh, but I'm sure that if I if I will do a good job here in Singapore, I will uh, I will uh, take the victory. I think it will be it will be a good chances to get in, or, or at least to show my best in a test. Because uh, maybe we deserve the GP2 title, but we don't deserve the Formula 1, eh? because in the test I'm not strong enough. But okay, I don't know, I never tested it before, so uh, I think that uh, if I will have a good uh, good work here, good job, and then we take the victory in GP2, we'll have the chance to test Formula 1, and so we will see what I will deserve. And uh, the man that you're up against this weekend is your former teammate, Luis Razia, yeah. and uh, is uh, is a man that you know very well. And uh, you both have, between you so far, going into the last race, you both have four uh, race wins this season. Um, have you been sort of putting on maybe some psychological pressure on him, trying to <laughs> sort of... Uh, how, how do you beat someone that you know very well? <laughs> I don't know, but what is sure is that... Uh, He's a really strange driver, and this year showed to everyone that he was one of the best. I mean, uh, uh, he, he improved a lot, eh? and this year showed uh, really that uh, during the race he was uh, he was a really great racer. Uh, he, he was not maybe the best in qualifying, but uh, uh, he did a lot of really strong race with the great starts and uh, so uh, really good overtakes. He was really calm. He always finished uh, races. Uh, he went uh, so many times in the point. He finished so many times in the points. So uh, it was uh, until now, it's been uh, really, really tough beating. Eh? But what I know is that maybe after Monza, 
I took a bit of uh, advantage. First in point, and second, maybe also psychological one, because we need to say that uh, uh, we arrive in Poland, we arrive in Monza uh, with uh, equal point, and uh, we get out from Monza, uh, him with uh, uh, first race that uh, he stopped, maybe he crashed, uh, and, uh, and he stopped the finished the race uh, before the end. And uh, me, I finished sixth. In race two, he's starting almost last and finished 16, so not a fantastic race. And for me, I got the victory starting from third. I got the fastest lap, two laps to the end. So, uh, I mean, uh, in the last weekend, I did everything, me and my team, we did everything to deserve the leading of the championship. And he had maybe the worst weekend in the season, eh, last year. So, we need to say that uh, we have a little advantage here, but uh, like you know, every race is a different story, and so we have to change the, the page of the book and uh, restart from Friday in the best way that we can, with a really good setup, with a reliable car that Dams give to me all the season long, and me, really focused, I will try to do the best uh, work that I can to to finish the first race in the points, that is my aim. Usually my aim was finishing in the podium, we can we can drop up hit it, and uh, even in the points, he's good enough to, to, to be leader here. And I suppose, ultimately, in the race, like you say, you've just got to do um, as good as you can do in the car and uh, see where you end up. And uh, I hope it certainly is good enough for you to take the uh, championship uh, this weekend at the final race in Singapore, David Valsecchi, um, championship leader. Thank you very much for joining us today on Radio Silverstone. Thanks so much. It's, it's been a pleasure. Bye. When you're involved in motorsport or you're passionate about cars and bikes, Talking Shop is talking the sport. So we don't mind bragging that we talk shop all day long. In fact, being motorsports talk is what we do best. RS 24-7. It's radio that talks about motorsport live from Silverstone Circuit. RS 24-7. And joining me on the line right now is the man in second place in the championship, racing for Arden International this weekend, and he's uh, on his way to his uh, hotel room just uh, after his track walk on Thursday. Joining me, I'm very pleased to say, is Louis Razier. Oh, thank you. It's a great pleasure for me. Well, how are you? How's Singapore? It's uh, the first time you've raced here, isn't it? Uh, no, actually, I've been here in 2011 uh, with Formula One, and this is my second time here, actually, but it's really hot and humid, um, but it's a great place, and uh, we are really looking forward to the for the, for the race. It's going to be the first time in GP2, which is uh, great, and the final, the final race, which is uh, also quite exciting. Yeah, it's the uh, like you say the the final couple of races this weekend of uh, of the championship in 2012. Um, are you feeling any pressure right now? Uh, no, actually, um, to be honest, I uh, I have only two games this weekend, and if I uh, if I can make a good a good weekend like I have I have been doing through the whole season, and I got a little bit of luck of the other drivers, I can uh, really. Uh, you know, fight for the championship for the last race, uh, which is always great. 
Um, I'm, I'm just really focusing on my, uh, my qualifying on my first race to get everything right and not do any mistakes. And, uh, and I just hope that everything will work for myself. So, uh, I mean, you're focusing on your first race. That's, I suppose, the, the main race, the feature race on Saturday morning, um, UK time. Um, your last win, though, uh, Louis, was, in fact, here at Silverstone earlier this summer. I'm, I'm sure you'll remember um, a great win it was as well. Um, can you win this weekend? Can you, like you say, it depends on what David, what happens to him. Uh, but do you think you could win the race at least? Yes, obviously. I go every weekend thinking that I can uh, win the race and uh, win GP2 being the same cars for everybody is even more realistic to think like that. And uh, every time that I go to a uh, weekend, my target is to win the race, uh, which I have done four times this season. And it will be very, very good to, uh, to accomplish that in Singapore on the first time GP2 is going to be here. Again, the qualifying is quite uh, a challenge, and uh, qualifying can define also what's gonna bat- what's gonna happen in the race, and that that's the main goal, you know, do a very good qualifying, uh, be down to the earth, and uh, trying to uh, keep one on the island on the race because it can happen anything, you know, with safety cars and changing tires or anything can happen. So uh, uh, I'm just I'm just looking forward to the qualifying and then get a clean first race. Yeah, hopefully you can uh, get the the weekend off to a good start, at least with uh, with a good qualifying. And I suppose um, it's it's all about track position at this track because it's a bit like uh, a fast Monaco. Um, I, I suppose I've never driven around it, but uh, um, I mean, just how difficult are you expecting the race to be? Well, it's very difficult. I mean, to uh, to be fair, it's uh, almost one hour fifty minutes. Uh, the race and the temperature uh, inside of the car, it's uh, very high, uh, up to uh, 55 degrees. And the drivers are sweating quite a lot, so losing a lot of liquids during the race. And, you know, the the, the physical demand is, is quite high and also because of the concentration. So you're spending more energy on your mind trying to keep the car uh, on the limit but not touching any kind of the wall because they're quite close So any any error can cost your your race, so it's very it's very uh, mental um, stressful as well as physically. Well, I was just looking back at um, at your previous results this season. You did quite well in Monaco. You picked up uh, um, a sixth place in the uh, in the sprint race, and uh, and like you say, that's that's quite physically uh, demanding and mentally as well. Yeah, Monaco actually was not a very clean uh, weekend for me. I qualified a fifth, which was uh, very good for the team. Uh, we were challenging for, you know, uh, first five positions on the first race, and we got a punch on the tire. Like I said, you know, anything can happen during a weekend. And I had to start in Monaco on the second race, which no pit stops from 15th. So even though it was Monaco, I could do a, a very good recovery and still do the fastest lap of the race on the race too which showed a little bit of uh, performance out there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a track that can suit my driving style, um, Singapore. And it's a street circuit. It needs to be aggressive, but also get a good calculation of the risks. And and then, you know, uh, I, I maybe I can have a better weekend on the street circuit here than was in Monaco, actually. 
we will we will have to wait and see um, if, uh, like you say, you, you do have a, a better weekend here this weekend in your final race of 2012. And uh, Lewis, all the previous GP2 champions and most of the runner-up um, or the vice champions since 2005 have gone on to race in Formula One, as I'm sure you'll know already. Um, you were testing uh, just the other week with uh, Sahara Force India in France. Yes, uh, we, we, we did uh, one day with uh, First India, which they are based in Silverstone. Uh, a very good team. Uh, most of the guys are British. Uh, my, my engineer for my surprise was Brazilian, Robert. And uh, I think it was a great feeling. You know, Formula One is the pinnacle of the motorsport. And uh, I think every young driver wants to at least got a chance in that, in that place. And I had it for one day in a very good established team. So... I was very happy in that day, and I uh, I did my job very well. And uh, Jacob, which is the chief engineer of the team, was very pleased with my job, with my day. And, you know, that can open uh, doors in the future. So, like you said, the, the, the drivers that have been doing a good, uh, you know, season in GP2, they are promoted. Let's say that will promote it to Formula 1. It's not easy as bad, but we need to put a lot of effort and bring sponsors and also be... Uh, good, a good driver and a very good talent driver to, to join a, a team like uh, First India or any other team that make points. So definitely we'll open the door for the future and I, uh, I can't wait to get a, in my hands to a full season in Formula 1. We certainly hope to see a lot more of you, um, not just in, in like a, a Friday practice sessions as you've done previously, um, but in on the grid racing uh, for a full season like uh, like you wish. Um, but uh, you, you've been in GP2 now for a couple of seasons, a couple of years, and uh, this is your best chance of, of winning uh, the series, uh, the main series. Um, if you do win, uh, what will it mean for you? Uh, it means a lot. Uh, it's very difficult to describe uh, feeling to win a championship. I mean, uh, I have won Formula 3, 3,000 uh, championships, but not, not GP2, which is my last series before Formula 1. And that will be that will be a massive uh, kind of accomplishment in in my life, and that will really push forward my any negotiation or any kind of uh, prospects for next season or for my entire life. Um, again, you know, I, I did I did my very best with the team that I had. You know, at international, it's a great team, and they not have been up there. Uh, you know, in the last three seasons, so they have been uh, down down to the championships uh, table. And I just did my best with the team and I helped them to, to accomplish what we had we have done already. Uh, we are third in the championship with with me on the second trying to win the championship. So I think we have done a remarkable job. People don't don't need to forget that. And if we win, that'll be a great thing to, to have as a curriculum. I'm sure you don't need me to remind you, but I will anyway, that uh, Christian Horner said it's, uh, it's, it's your time now to step up to Formula One. You are ready. He said that last week. Yeah, I mean, he, he followed. Uh, he got information from our engineers and he know how I work. He know how I affect the whole thing. He know how hard I work. Uh, I don't have any kind of uh, sacrifice that I cannot make for or accomplish my achieve my uh, objectives. So he knows the way I like to work, and uh, you know he met he met me really well on the top of my performance this season. And I think if he said that is something that 
a guy who got a double world champion on the on the Formula One car, he knows what he's saying. So I think this is a good uh, kind of a quote for myself. Certainly, there, there's no uh, there's no better person to be giving you praise um, at the moment, um, especially if you do win the uh, the championship. Like you say, it's going to be a good bargaining chip for you uh, f- to get a, a seat in Formula One in 2013. And uh, good luck for this weekend as well. You still got the championship to win, um, Lewis Razia, yeah. uh, racing for Team Arden in GP2 this weekend. Thank you very much for joining us on Radio Silverstone. Thank you, thank you. I just hope that all the British can uh, cheer for a Brazilian this time. <laughs> it's the talk of motorsport. RS 24-7 radio. From the heart of Silverstone. The home of British motor racing. And this weekend, it's the British Touring Car Championship. And this time, they're at Rockingham. Championship leader is now Matt Neal. Three races for you, and it's gonna be epic. And in a brilliant strategical piece of scheduling, it manages class with Formula One and some very big football games this weekend. But that's okay, we have Sky Plus and everything else. Um, and uh, yeah, Matt Neal is cleared to race. He uh, fell off his bike earlier this month, he uh, slightly injured himself, and. Uh, He'll be on the show in just a moment. Uh, Gordon Shedden, his teammate in the Honda Yuasa, in the uh, Honda Civic, is 10 points behind him. Jason Plato stalking them both in third position. And Andrew Jordan is fourth. Uh, Rob Collard is fifth. Tom Onslow Cole is lying in sixth place at the moment in the overall standings. Matt Jackson is doing well in seventh. Dave Newsham, he's on next. He's eighth, and he won the last round at Knocking uh, Knock Hill, Knockingham. <laughs> Frank Rathall is tenth, and uh, Lee Wood is thirteenth. And once again, you can watch all the racing this weekend if you're not watching Formula One or Barclays Premier League on ITV4. Uh, coverage gets underway at 11am on ITV4 and ITV4 HD and goes through all the way till 6pm for a epic day full of touring car action, full of uh, Ginettas and uh, Clios. It's all on. So tin tops are your thing. ITV4, the place to be this weekend. And here to talk us through this weekend's action at uh, Rockingham from TMESRacing.com, it is Dave Newsham. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Lester. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's Rockingham uh, this weekend and uh, Silverstone uh, the next round. And uh, Rockingham, so uh, a bit of an interesting one. Is it, uh, is it one of your favourites? I do like Rockingham. I've always gone quite well there. Um... It's very hard on tyres, so uh, I don't know how we're going to get on. We might be okay in, qu- in qualifying uh, over over a single lap, but uh, it's really hard on a, on the S two thousand tyre uh, for, the, for the duration of the race. So uh, I think I think NGTCs are going to NGTCs with the bigger tyres are going to have an advantage there. But we'll just we'll, we'll see what see what happens. I know a couple of people this week have been out uh, testing in, uh, in various tracks in various places. Oh, to have a budget for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, dream of that. Uh, but uh, since 
the last round and uh, your last win at uh, Not Curl, have, have you actually done any testing or is there been no. any sort of development, anything happening with that? No, unfortunately not. Um, all our budget goes into into making sure we can be there at the racetrack uh, on a race, race weekend. Um, just every penny goes into that. It's, it's difficult enough being there, being able to go uh, racing, never mind t- uh, testing and, uh, and what have you. So, no, unfortunately, we haven't got the budget for that. We're on a very very tight budget, and uh, yeah, but we've got a we've got a, a car that doesn't doesn't need developing. It's had its all its development over the past I don't know five years or so with uh, with Triple Eight. There's nothing we can do to make it go faster. We've got all their setup data. Uh, we just put that on the car and uh, I get out there and drive it as fast as I can. Um, I think testing would probably we wouldn't find anything anyway. So um, it's, it's 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 ideal for us, really. Well, like you say, it uh, you drive it as fast as you can, and uh, you seem to have waited um, almost all your career for a touring car win, and then you get two in the last two races. It's amazing. <laughs> still quite, I still can't quite believe it, really. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it'd be nice to do it in one of the other races rather than uh, relying on a, on a reverse grid, but. Uh, um, but you know we are we are a small team on a on a small budget, and so we 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 need we need a bit of help, and uh, and those reverse grids are, really do pay off, and I've and I've grabbed them, uh, and and managed to get the last two wins, the last two meetings, which is amazing. Well, a win is a win, right? No, a, a, a win is a win, like you say. It's it's it's, uh, it's the same amount of points, no matter which which race it is. So. Uh, and it's the best one to win, to be honest, because you don't you don't drag any uh, any weight ballast into the uh, any success ballast into the following race, so it's a bit of a freebie on that on that point. So, you know, it, no, it is. It's it, a win's a win, and we'll have it. We'll have them anyway. We can get them, and and those wins are on my record now for the rest of my life. So, uh, you know, I can, I can dine on them for a while. <laughs> They're in the record book, yes, as yeah. you say. Um, but you're currently uh, going into uh, this weekend. You're P eight in the overall standings and uh, yeah. a couple more good results uh, even a couple more wins could put you right up there in the thick of it it could we're, we're a long way down on the uh, on the top three um i'm a long way down on uh, matt jackson who's in seventh to be honest uh, i think i think i'm 40 40 points behind him maybe a bit more i think 41 points uh, 41 uh, that's that's a that's a chunk of t- chunk of points to try and get off matt jackson <laughs> The likes of him, so well, anything, um, anything could happen, really. Any, uh, exactly. I mean, his car has been fairly reliable, hasn't it? But uh, it, it, yeah, they, they could they could run into teething problems, and uh, you, you you never know. The, the BMWs have turned up the week now, so they're they're starting to perform week in week out now. So they've pulled away from us now as well. So it, I mean, top eight. I, I like top eight because when you're watching it back, uh, they always show the the top eight mugshots, don't they, on the on the TV. <laughs> And I'm hanging in there on the bottom right corner, so uh, I, I like that. It's 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 the it's better than ninth, that's for sure. But uh, it, just hanging on to ninth is going to be difficult. I mean, I, I know Frank Raffles had a, a bad meeting last last time out, but he could come back and bounce back with a, with a win at the, at the weekend. You, know, you just never know. So um, there's some quick cars behind us. Try and hang on to eight, but you know, you never know if we can if we can bang in some more wins and podiums over, over the next three rounds. And uh, you just never know; anything can happen. And uh, I suppose for the maybe casual viewers who, who do watch uh, the odd race on ITV4 when it's on, they maybe don't appreciate just what smaller budget 
teams like esracing.com have compared to the championship leaders and the big boys. And uh, like yeah. I say, you've already done brilliantly with a, a couple of wins in the past couple of races. Yeah, um, our, our entire budget is probably the, the, the catering budget of Honda and uh, MG. <laughs> so it is amazing to, be, to, to think we can be doing this. is just absolutely amazing with, this, with, it, with, with, the, with the kind of budget we've got. But we've got a, a sorted car. This car is sorted, good engine, and I, I'd like to think I'm proving myself to be a, a good driver as well. Well, of that there is no doubt. And um, I can only ask you... Um, as to what expectations, if any, you have for Rockingham in uh, is it will race three be the one that you, you're going to look at? Again, it's going to be our best chance. Um, I know one lap pace we should be good, so I'm 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 going to try and get I'm going to try and get pole position. Uh, Why it's not? A big, it's a big statement, but uh, uh, that's that's what I'm going for. You heard Again, it here first. You never know when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had pole position outright at the beginning of the year. It'd be nice to get another one. And I think, you know, the, the car should be good. Uh, the tyres are going to be good over a lap. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going all out to see if we can get right at the sharp end in, the, in qualifying and then just see what happens in, in the races. If, we can, if the tyres can hang on, you know, we could be, we could be in the mix of it. I have a feeling we're going to, be, we're going to get swamped and, 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 uh, and pass towards the end by the by the uh, the bigger tired NGTC cars, but we'll just have to see. The BMWs always go well around there as well, the rear wheel drive. Um, but we'll just have to see. I mean, it, uh, James Nash got his his only win in this car last year uh, at, at Rockingham, and that was in race three. So you know the car the car is good around there. So I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to it. I suppose with the the tires, as you say, not lasting so long um, on the car, you'd be hoping for. Uh, a couple of safety car periods. That would help. That would help. But they tend to put extra laps back on. If there's a if there's a two lap safety car period, they they put an extra couple of laps on the on. Uh, you cover an extra couple of laps anyway, so it it might it it might the cooling down. That's for sure. Which 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 would be good. Um, no, I think we just got to we we just got to go out there and see see if we can hang on and. and We've got some tricks to to make the tyres last a bit a bit longer, and uh, and, and yeah, we we'll just just have to see how we get on. Uh, yeah, it could rain, <laughs> um, so you just you just never know until the weekend what's going to happen. Well, riding the uh, the crest of a uh, a wave of trophies and podiums uh, so far, uh, I won the last round as as we said at uh, Knockhill and won in Snetterton as well. Dave Newsham, will you win again this weekend at Rockingham? Find out on ITV Four. And just before the uh, the big race here at tr the track at Silverstone at the following race. Thanks very much for joining us today on Radio Silverstone. And best of luck. No problem. Thanks for having me. RS 24-7. We're based at Silverstone Circuit because it's the home of British motor racing. So why wouldn't you want Motorsports Talk Radio Station to be based at the iconic venue? Of course you would. And that's why we're here. And you can join us all day, every day as we talk the Motorsport Talk. RS 24-7. It's got motorsport in the blood. Well, joining me on the phone now is uh, current British Touring Car Championship leader and three times overall British Touring Car Champion, it's Matt Neal. Thanks for joining us on Radio Silverstone. Hi, Lister. Yeah, cool for having me. 
Not a problem. Thanks for being. Uh, thanks for taking five minutes uh, out of your uh, out of your week to tell us um, that you're going to win this weekend at Rockingham. Well, uh, uh, we've had a. Tough you don't. Sa- you don't sound too confident. Well, I always confidence breeds complacency, um, and uh, we've had a tough couple of meetings with Snehan and Knockhill. With um, they've got a boost equivalency formula this year, which is really sort of. The uh, putting the funds on us in the Hondas, um, straight line speed, and it's uh, it's really having an effect on us. Alone. But the chassis is good, and there's some some good technical section at Rockingham. So you know, who knows? Well, I've uh, looked back at your history at Rockingham, and you've always seemed to go sort of quite well here, picking up uh, quite a few wins in the past. And uh, your your last win this year um, was in Croft, and. Surely it's it's time for you to sort of step up there. Oh, well, I'll be trying, mate. I know that much. <laughs> the um, you, it's just got to run your way. I mean, often when you get there in the weekend, you know how it's going to run literally within the first couple of laps because you you get that instant feeling from the car already. But you know we've got an, another couple of curveballs for us. You know the weather looks a little bit mixed for the weekend, so. We, we're likely to get some rain as well, so um, you know that's that's going to throw a few um, you know variables into the equation. So Rockingham, would you say it was one of your favourite tracks to race on? Where does this stand, this track, um, on your list of favourites to race on? I, I, to be honest, I enjoy the place. Yeah, you know, I enjoy driving there. Um, I used to race. <laughs> I used to race a lot of circuits by their toilet facilities. And Rocky was lovely and clean and nice. So I used to enjoy going to Rocky. Just, but um, as a driver, it's it's great. It's got a bit of everything. It's got you know the, you still use a little bit of the banking, um, which is fun. Um, you know, as long as you don't end up hitting the wall. But it's got a, a good technical section inside. I think it's it's a great facility. Nice nice pits to work with. You know, and the, the, the boys enjoy going there. It's it's not too far from me because it's Midlands based. You know, I'm I'm Midlands based. So um, yeah, it's it's great. Excellent. And uh, have you done any sort of developing, any any testing with the car since the last round? Um, they were out with Flash uh, a couple of days last week at Snetterton, just working on uh, various stuff, just trying to further develop the NGTC package, you know, which is what we all have to use, and just trying to work on mapping with the engine, see if we can get back any of, any of the stuff they're taking off us. So is 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 the car going to be a bit more stronger, or the engine at least? Um, not really, um, because they've got us on the floor with 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 the amount of boost we can run. But um, hopefully, we should have. You know, I mean, I mean, the Hondas were all out of it at um, Knockhill, and it was a tough weekend at Snet. So um, hopefully, we sh- we should have a better weekend than we did at Knockhill. Cool. And uh, well, like I said earlier, you're. You are currently leading the championship only by uh, ten points at the moment from um, from your teammate. Um, yeah. Do you think it's maybe just consistency um, that's got you to the top this season? You've only had one retirement so far. Maybe a little bit, um, a little bit of luck, which is a real important factor if you're going for any championship. You know, it's we're there. They keep on trying to peg us back. You know, but it's more because other people have either had bad luck or all things happening to them. You know, Jason was very strong at um, uh, Knockhill, and then he ended up having a terrible weekend. But through no 
fault of his own, really. It was just it's the way it panned out, and sort of, and so that played into our hands with the points um, and leaves us where we are. So I had a bit of a I had a bit of a rotten weekend at Knockhill, but ended up coming away, you know, still in the top of the points, which amazed me. But um, you know, I was I wasn't going to turn it down. Uh, well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Matt, you're currently leading in the standings by uh, ten points so far going into. Uh, Rockingham and uh, your old mate Jason Plato is in third right now and well from a spectator's point of view I mean we do love to see you and him uh, battling it out on track um, we, we do love to see that it is part of uh, what we come to expect really from the, the British Touring Car Championship I mean do you think he will be uh, fighting up the top fighting for the title before the end of the season or even your your teammate Gordon I mean he could very well take the title as well oh gosh Flash, Flash will be there at the end you know uh, definitely if, you know he's, he's driving very well he's had a couple of uh, rough results for one thing or another um, you know I think if he hadn't had an exclusion at Snet he'd probably be leading now so or, or we'd be even on points or something so um, Jason will be in the mix at the end I'm sure you know They'll uh, the boost boost will sort that out, and you know he'll he'll ring the most out of the car, I'm sure. Well, yeah, as whether I want, whether I want him to be or not, <laughs> he'll be there. Um, it's it's good to see though. Um, it's, uh, it's it's good to see. It's, it all adds to the spectacle of the the British Touring Car Championship, and maybe from your viewpoint, you, you do just want um, a nice boring race um, to the checkered flag with no dramas, I suppose. But. Uh, uh, what do you want from this weekend, though, Matt? Have you thought about any minimum expectations? Um, are you looking for at least a podium in, in any one of the races? To be honest, mate, I have no idea. I'm going there. I'm just going to um, do the best I can. And, 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 yeah, and that's, that's about what it is. You know, there's, I really don't know. I, I thought we'd go all right at Knock Hill. Uh, and we were properly on a back foot um, with the speed, so... I, I just don't know, mate, because Rocky has got a good technical section, but it's also got a great big long straight, one of the longest straights we go to. So, and that's that's going to really kill us with. Um, so I keep on going back to the boost, but it, it, it's such a major factor. You know, the um, some of the cars at Knockout they were ten kilometres faster than us. I mean, that is a good running pace. You're doing 120 mile an hour, and someone's running past you. So um, it's it's very hard to make that deficit up, you know, around all the corners. Well, it, like you say, it's an interesting track. It's uh, quite tight and twisty uh, for most of the track. And then uh, if you can sort of manage to get round the uh, the long uh, oval section, um, then I suppose you're halfway there, really. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, six-time independent uh, British touring car champion and three-time overall time champion, Matt Neal. Thank you very much for joining us today on Radio Silverstone. You're welcome. Cheers, Lester. And find out if Matt Neal can... Uh, can Extend his lead at the top of the championship this Sunday from 11am. It's all on ITV4. It's all live. If you're not heading down to the track, you can watch it on TV if you're not watching F1 or other stuff as well. Uh, that's uh, just about your lot from me for one week. And uh, thanks very much for listening. And you can find us on Twitter at um, Lester Forbes or at Formula One Paddock. Or you can find us on Facebook as well. Just search a little something for the weekend. And to listen back to any of these top celebrity name interviews, again, in glorious high definition, we are on the iTunes store or download the podcast. Just search a little something for the weekend. 
or just search my name, Lester Forbes. And that's about your lot for me. Unfortunately, we didn't have time to tell you about all the other brilliant racing that's going on this weekend, including the World Touring Car Championship. I recommend you watch that. It's on Sunday evening. And uh, yeah, that's about your lot from me. Enjoy your racing this weekend. Have a good one. A little-